All right. So today I have amazing woman here, Brandy Nightingale. How are you? I'm good. How are you, Tani? I'm doing good. I'm. It's rain. It's about to rain. It looks like. Yes, it's the rare rainy day in Ohio and in, in Ventura County. So. <laughs> yep, I know. I I just had an interview with um two of my dear friends in New York, and they're like, "It's 65 there. That's hot. I'm, like, I'm freezing." Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and so you grew up in Oxnard, right? You were just sharing that with me. Yeah, I actually was born on the, the CBC Naval Base in oh, wow. um, Port Wainimi. Uh-huh. And then I grew up in Oxnard, Southside Oxnard. I went to Tierra Vista School and Ocean View Junior High and Channel Islands High School. So, yeah. So are you considered, what do they call a military brat? That- you know, I didn't actually, this is the crazy thing. I didn't actually grow up with my dad. He was a um, air traffic controller in the Navy mm. and I was born there and then he was gone. Yeah, <laughs> so- got it. So then I kind of grew up, you know, with my mom and my grandparents, mm. um, but we have reconnected and now we're super close, but it, it, I didn't reconnect with him until I was 27 and oh, wow. 45 now. So, yeah. That's a huge gap to go without your main person. What was oh, that yeah. like for you? You know, it was, I'm a detective. Mm. <laughs> So I spent all those years trying to find who he was, what Mm -hmm. he was about, what his name was. I taught myself to read because my mom had this little plaque on the wall, a little ceramic plaque with little animals on it. And it said, mom, dad. And so, you know, and I kind of saw that. I just kind of put it all together. Anyway, I taught myself how to read because I wanted to see what the dad name was. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. And so I figured it out, but I didn't end up meeting him until a friend of mine helped me to find him even though I did so much research, but you know, yeah. back in those days, I mean, it's so funny. I sound so, I don't know, ancient, but uh, we didn't really have the internet to be, you know, researching. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. So, yeah. So yeah. And so you're currently living in Ojai now, right? Yeah. I've moved to Ojai in 2010. I did, um, I used to work in film and I did a really, people glorify film and it's really a sweatshop. So, hmm. you know, I was working 18 hour days, exhausted, working with some really interesting people. Hmm. <laughs> it was just an extremely hard situation and I felt like I needed healing. And so hmm. I wanted to come back home to be near family. You know, Ojai is kind of a healing place. So I yeah. said, I, I need to get, you know, I was in Philadelphia at the time. And so I, I came back here in 2010 and said, no more films. It's close enough to LA where I can see friends, but not take another job and, right. um, and you know, started my new business here. Mm. So, yeah. Well, and that was kind of one of the questions I wanted to bring up if you feel open to share and talk about is, you know, you said that you, you left that film career because there was trauma and abuse there. Do you want to share a little bit more about that, what that experience was? Sure, absolutely. When I started out in film, I was kind of working in an office. I was doing um, business management Mm. and, you know, for some high clients that were pretty big time. Yeah. (laughs) But it was like, I didn't, I'm not an office girl. Like, look at me. Like, this is who I am. You know, I I never wanted to wear a suit. I never wanted to do that. And though I I really appreciated the trust I had with the clients I had, I just couldn't do it anymore. So I ended up going off to work as a personal assistant to a couple mm-hmm. actors and you start to learn things really quickly. You know, you go into the film industry and you see, oh my gosh, all these people, this is amazing. I grew up watching these people. This is fantastic. And then you start to realize kind of the corruption that's going on. And, you know, the Me Too movement <laughs> came out recently yeah. and I was, um, thank goodness it didn't happen to me. But with some of the people that were big time in the news, I saw it happening to those people. 
and it was devastating. And when I went into the film industry, I, you know, was doing some stand-up comedy and I really wanted to be, you know, an actor, stand-up comic at the time. But when I saw what this one particular actress was having to go through Mm. with this big movie mogul, I said, oh, I don't want, I can't, Mm. I don't want to put myself through that. It's this power thing. It's all about power, Mm. how you can exert power over another person how you can take a job from another person. It initially looks like because camaraderie with all these film people working together and you think, oh, it's like a little family. And then you start to realize, oh no, that's not really what it's about, sadly. It's, you know, people, these beautiful, intelligent, smart, you know, actresses are going in and they're all having to do the the, the casting couch. And you think that's just a thing. Mm. No, it's a real thing. It's real. Wow. It really, yeah. And then besides that, everybody's trying to exert power. And so for me, the trauma I was dealing with was working with producers who you're working with them to help their job be easier. But because they're so into exerting power, it's all about tearing you down. Mm. And I am just that's why yeah you know I mean if you're going to work with people and you're going to spend more time with them than you are with your own family and your dogs <laughs> or your kids right. or whoever like why would you want to have such a toxic environment mm. so it hurt it yeah. hurt it got to the point where I just you know as women we cut our hair off we do all these things <laughs> I did all the things yeah. <laughs> I couldn't handle it anymore and I just saw myself withering away I saw my soul yeah. withering away and getting smaller and smaller because I just I didn't want to deal with the toxicity right and that was when I said okay you know what I have to break up with this this yeah. isn't working for me and how long were you, did you stay in that environment oh my way too long as usual you know it really takes us to get like right down into the gutter until it's like okay maybe I should come out of the gutter now I mean I went into the toxicity part of it probably around 1997 oh that's aging me um (laughs) and then my last film was in 2010 Mm. I finished in May of 2010 and that was that was I mean and not to say I didn't have a lot of fun I met a lot I met met my husband on the film Um, you know but I had, did have some fun, but man, I just said, no, you know, yeah, yeah. you need to make money to survive. Yeah. That's what we do, you know, right. but there's no reason to be do- having toxicity involved and being mm-hmm. mean to other people. It just, there's no right. need for it. I appreciate us exploring this because, you know, for those that are listening, that might still be in a current situation where it is a toxic environment and yeah. they know that, but they don't have the ability or the willingness to leave yet. They're not there yet. So can you speak a little bit more about your transition period? Like, what was the moment where you're like, I literally cannot do this anymore. And how did you get yourself out of that, that environment? Well, it first started with, I was working super long hours, but I found in Philadelphia, I found a therapist that actually would work on Saturdays. Oh, (laughs) wow. So I just sought out this therapist. And, you know, and the thing is, is a lot of us, and I don't know if it's just women or men or all, you know, all of us, sometimes we look at ourselves and go, what am I doing wrong here? You know, am I causing this toxicity? Maybe I'm attracting this toxicity, you know? So then instantly I said, well, let me go get fixed then. (laughs) So I started seeing a therapist in Philadelphia thinking, gosh, do I have some kind of 
you know, weird thing about me or, you know, and I just started to realize that, yeah, there was, I had a lot of trauma in my childhood and it was coming out and no, I was not attracting this, but I was allowing people to treat me in a way right. that was not, that was not good. Yeah. You allow people to treat you in a particular way and you let them do it once. Okay. But after the second time and they see that they can treat you that way, that's it. Right. You know, and you don't realize that, you know, we're taught to just be kind and friendly and this and kind of sometimes the kindest thing is to stand up. Yeah. And to say no. Right. Because sometimes that person's spinning out of control in some way and they're dealing with their own trauma. Yeah, exactly. You know? And so that's kind of what I saw. I sat and then I ended up getting a little bit more confidence seeing that therapist. I sat down with my producer who was really the, the where the toxicity was coming from. Mm. And I had to just come from an empathetic place and say, you know, I don't know what she's going through, but I know that what she's doing is not, this is not conducive to having a team. Mm. you know, where we can work together and get through this. Come on, we're all working 18 hour days. Let's, let's be a family. Let's have right. each other's back, you know? And I sat her down and, you know, she was about to fire one of my people and I, who was a really great guy. And I just said, you know, you're, you know, what's going on? You know, can you right. tell me like, you're, this is what's going on. You're treating all these people this way. We're about to lose one of our best people. And she just started crying and it was amazing, but it was, you know, she was going through her own thing. She felt lonely being across the country from her partner, you know, and I right. understood it, but you know, it didn't stop. Right. You know, and so even then, even when you have compassion for somebody and go, oh, I'm so sorry, you still got to go, you know, but this still isn't good for me. Yeah. Setting you know? the boundaries. Yeah. You kind of have to make yourself sacred because yeah. nobody else is going to do that for you. Right. You know, your heart is a sacred place right. and nobody's going to protect it except for you. And so you have to have all the empathy you want to have, you know, it's good to have empathy, but empathy and kindness also comes with walking away from a negative situation. Yeah. So. I love that, you know, because, you know, definitely being somebody that's in a spiritual conversation, you know, I'm definitely guilty of being that way where I'm like, oh, am I attracting this? Yeah, this negative situation. And, you know, I'm, I'm in the process of kind of learning that out for myself, when to define when it's, you know, something is coming for me as a lesson and versus someone is overstepping boundaries, and I'm not respecting my own boundaries, right? Yeah. So I love that you, that you brought that up here. Oh, and I think too, like a lot of us are when, we, you know, we're attracted to you. Like, you know, I've been hearing about you for years and I'm like, I'm finally getting to talk to Tommy. This is so great. But you know, I think that that's the thing is that those of us that kind of have a little bit of intuition going on or have mm -hmm. a little, you know, empathic thing going on yeah. is that the boundaries, that's the problem that we have. It's yeah. a gift. But it's also, oh, the, there's no boundaries there. Yeah. And that happens. The wrong people kind of get wind of that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wind of that. And, you know, and it's not even necessarily the people, but it's the toxicity within them. You know, so we all have something to learn. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And so when you finally got yourself out of that situation, you know, you come back home, you're kind of almost like a rebirth, it sounds yes, like. Absolutely. Um, so how did the peaceful pup come to, to existence? Well, when I was sitting down with myself, asking myself over a cup of tea when I was in Philadelphia, okay, you don't want to be here. Where do you want to be? I just want to be with my dog. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, since I was a little girl, like dogs were my friend. I would take neighbor's dogs and I'd just be like, can I play with Lassie? You know, and me and Lassie would go for a walk and talk and hang out and you know, sniff plants and things. And that was my <laughs> thing. And, you know, and when you get to that place, when it's so toxic and you're so in the hole, mm. you just want comfort yeah. and animals are comfort for me. Yeah. And they, they're honest. 
there's no manipulation. Well, yep. with some. Yeah. My dog <laughs> but <laughs> they can be a little manipulative but it's not in a bad way like maybe right. they want to treat or maybe they want to hug I don't know but they are honest right and that is what I craved after mm -hmm. leaving that toxic environment I just want honesty it doesn't have yeah. to be soft it doesn't right. have to be blue skies and rainbows right but just honest yeah so I'm like well how can I do that I want to surround myself with dogs and I'd always train dogs, pet sat for people between movies. I used to go and like hang out in Malibu and watch somebody's dog for six months. I mean, it was like, right. it just, it was naturally always pulling me in that direction. Mm. And so I said, you know what, that's it. So I moved here to Ojai and the peaceful pup is named after my great Dane, Audrey, who was my best friend and who was with me in Philadelphia and came with me here to Ojai. And she was peaceful. She would remind me every morning she'd go out and lay in the sun she would just put her nose in the air and close her eyes and take it all in. And it was always such a reminder of like, oh, that's why I moved here. Like, that's yeah. why. Okay. Yeah. You know, I need to go out there. So that's how, you know, the name, the peaceful pup came. I know people get confused because it's got the in it and everything. It's, I know, but you know, it just names come out of something and you just got to keep going with it. And yeah. uh, it was named after Audrey, the great Dane. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, I love that, you know, this is definitely a, a common theme that I'm, I'm starting to notice as I do these interviews is that people always had the job before, but there was somehow always had their hands in what they were going to eventually be doing. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting to see your, your story again, you know, you had this toxic film career, but yet you were still going and doing the thing that was, was going to eventually really be calling you. And you just didn't know that yet. So that's amazing yeah. to, to kind of highlight there. Yeah. Yeah. It's always kind of right there, you know, whispering to you. And I think if more of us took the time, I mean, our, our culture doesn't necessarily allow for that, hmm. but we have to make it happen, you know, and sometimes it's just sitting down and going, what's whispering to me? Well, how come dogs and cats are just constantly, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a theme going through my life. Like clearly there's something here and I'm good at it. Like, and they love me. All of them love me and I love them. So, and I have so much respect for them as our teachers, you know, I look at them as teachers, right. You know? And so I, to be surrounded by our teachers, by our, you know, our four-legged relatives, like that is to me the most, oh, it's just, it's fulfilling. It's definitely fulfilling. Absolutely. So now how long have you had the Peaceful Pup business? I started in 2010, okay. literally the month after I got here, that was it. I was putting flyers out. I did it old school. Like yeah. I was going out, putting flyers up. I was, you know, you know, going, you know, door to door, going to different businesses, talking to people, mm -hmm. dropping off cookies mm -hmm. to the vet's offices. <laughs> and it was just me. I, I didn't right. know about hiring people, anything like that. And I created my own database and FileMaker Pro so that I could like send out little reports to people. And, you know, I'm super detailed and that's what I did in film. So, you know, and like taking pictures after every visit and letting people know how their visit went and yeah. that kind of a thing. And I just kind of built a reputation over the first few years. Right. And then it got to the point where I went right back into my 18 hour days where I literally mm. had eight months of not one day off. Right. But doing <laughs> and then I was like, love, right? yeah. And so I burnt myself out again. And I'm like, I love the pets. Like every, even my mom was dying and I was in the middle of pet sitting and now you can't say, Oh, I can't do this anymore because my mom's dying. Like you made a commitment, you know? Right. So I would leave the hospital and go visit, but you know what? Every time I did, I would get there and this dog was just there for me. And it was like, they knew, you know? Yeah. And, um, so anyway, you know, you make the commitment, you do it. 
get out there. But then I was like, oh, not a day off in eight months. Like I really need to work on this and I really need to work on boundaries and yeah. office hours. And so um, I found an amazing, well, first of all, I am like YouTube university. Yeah. Anything I need to figure out, I am on YouTube, how to start a business, how to do this, how to get, you know, licensed, how to get yep. insured, everything on YouTube. And I found a really great business coach. Mm. Who I looked at a lot of business coaches, but she just resonated with me. And I think that's very important for business owners. If you're going to yeah. find a business coach, make sure they make you feel good. And I know yeah. a lot of us want to go into this coaching thing where you've got somebody yelling at you and really pumping you up. If, if you like that kind of thing, awesome. Right. But like, I'm a super sensitive, right? Feelings hurt. Like when yeah. like somebody looks at me weird, I'm like, oh, what did I do? Right. And this woman was amazing. She felt like, a friend like I'm like I want to go have tea with her I brought her on and um and she taught me how to like hire people I'm like hire people I didn't know I could do that and it was great because I'm like oh I can bring people on and treat them the way I always wanted to be treated mm, yeah get rid of a toxic environment and bring people in that have worked in toxic environments yeah that want the freedom and the love that the animals give right. and to be able to use their skills of just being complete in their own integrity and completely honest and to be able to use those things and heal at the same time. And then yeah. also be able to go off and do their own work and stuff. That's the great thing about this business is it's, it's like an independent thing. And, and so that was it. And I was just like, wow. And it just really opened me up to be mm -hmm. able to run a real business, treat people really well. Yeah. You know, make sure the communication is great. Make sure everybody's feeling good. If somebody's not feeling good, figuring out how we can change things, allowing them to have, you know, to tell me, like, give me feedback. Like, do you right. not like what's not working for you? What's weird in the schedule for you? How do you, how is it going to work better for you? Right. Because this isn't all about, you know, just what I want. Yeah. This is like, this is a fun job. <laughs> let's make it fun. Like, come on. All of us have been through too many toxic situations. Like let's right. get rid of that. So right. anyway, that's yeah. We just recently connected through the Ventura County business women, but I think it was then you were sharing about how you've been very successful with this business and you know offering pet care services and you were sharing a story about how you had one of your best years and then covid hit and it was like a little bit devastating if i remember correctly oh yeah. yeah yeah so you know how how has that been for you making that kind of money and then going you know half that or whatever that looked like for you it's been it's been difficult <laughs> <laughs> but i mean this is the thing though is I'm very grateful for the work I put into the way I built the business mm. and also for the types of people that I hired. First of yeah. all, my same team is still with me through wow. the whole thing. Like I would have expected them to just, oh no, this is not working for me because come on, it's pet sitting and dog walking. Everybody's home. Nobody needs their dog walk. Right. Nobody's going out of town, you know, right. and even then, like some people have wanted to hire us for overnights and we're like, we can't even go inside of our family's homes. How are we supposed to just pick up and move into your house during a pandemic? It's we can't do that. And it's right. against the, the protocols anyway for the state. But anyway, it's it's been difficult. Yes. Um, mm -hmm. I'll tell you, last year was our best year yet. You know, we were voted number one in Ohio. We were super excited. And then all of a sudden, March 15th, it was shut down. And this year we have made seven percent of what we made last year right and the good thing is everybody that works with me is super independent some of them have other jobs some of them are retired so this is just kind of an extra thing which is fantastic and that's kind of right. what i wanted to do when i hired people because i'm like 
this isn't the kind of job where I can have you come in from nine to five. Like it right. doesn't, sometimes you're going to have a gig. Sometimes you're not going to have a gig, right. You know, it's just kind of luck of the draw. And this is for people that already have jobs have retired kind of thing. Right. And so it's great. So everybody has been fine. Yeah. It's been great. Like, and that's what was my most, I, my biggest concern was the team. Yeah. Everybody's fine. Yeah. And in fact, the clients that we have kept on have been essential. So mm-hmm. we've got some of the, the, the care homes that we're mm-hmm. taking care of because they right. can't go out and walk their dogs. And so thank goodness, you know, the state has allowed us to continue that. Right. And it's been great because we're concerned about them too. It's like, oh, right. what are they, you know, and they're, you know, them having their pets is really, really important for their health. Right. So for us to be able to support that, it, yeah. it, it's just been magical for yeah. us, you know? So we have been able to keep up with that. And because we've had those few clients, you know, the team has had mm. a good, nice little stream of, you know, obviously they would prefer to be making more money, just like all the rest of us right now, right. but they're still with us and they're still yeah. supportive and we're all a team. And if some, you know, if somebody has to not be there, it has, has to go to the doctors or whatever, then somebody else steps up and takes in, you know, right. takes over. So in that aspect, we're really good. Mm. But to challenging part, which I will be completely honest about is that there are a lot of people that sadly really need money. Mm. And so what are they doing? They're going on Facebook. Hey, if you need your pet sat and they're not licensed, they're not bonded, they're not insured. They don't have any sort of reputation. You know, you don't know if they're going to be around, you know, and here we are, we've built this business up for 10 years, made sure that we're like completely good with Ventura County, with the state, with the city. Like we're like doing everything the right way. We've got a database, we've got an app, you know, we've got all the things in place and our rates are really low for Southern California because what happens is these other people come in Yes. And they're willing to do it for 10 bucks for an hour, you know, right. and it's like, how do you even make a living on that? How do you right. even feed yourself? Right. And it's sad because not only is it sad for us, because it's like, here we are busting our butts to, <laughs> to get things right. Yeah. They're undercharging because they think, oh, because they think, oh, this is the way to do it. If I undercharge, more people will hire me. And I'm like, but what you don't realize you're doing is you're undercutting yourself. You're not supporting the rest of the community either. Right. So anyway, so that, that has been really challenging because I have noticed, you know, some clients going with these people. It, it really hurts your feelings. You're like, yeah. I've been with you for 10 years or I've been with you for six years and what's mm. going on here. Yeah. But then you just kind of got to go, you know, that's their choice. Right. Let them go. Yeah. You know, if you're going to go run off, you know, and then you see what happens if you're with somebody that's not licensed, if you see somebody that doesn't have backup, if you see somebody that's not insured. Right. It will happen. And I hate to have to see that, but it hurts us, yeah. you know, and our team because yeah. we're like, oh, and we love the animals. That's the thing is like you fall in love with the animals, which is right. one of the There's best like things the and one of the hardest things. Yeah. <laughs> you know, well, so, and, yeah. you know, I'm kind of curious. I haven't yet hit six figures, right? Mm-hmm. But, you know, something that keeps coming up as I'm on my own inner work journey as a businesswoman is. I have this fear of making six figures and then never being able to do it again. Right. Oh, or yeah. even, mm-hmm. even having like a $10,000 a month, $20,000 for some reason, I, there's this fear that I'm, I'm trying to work out that what if I can't do it again? What if it's only that one time, but I have it like a bad thing because then I'm going to get a taste of something that was really good. And then I'm going to be starving for the rest of my life for you. Has that ever come up on your journey as a businesswoman? I have a lot of insecurities. Mm. <laughs> As I said, I'm a very sensitive, very insecure little person in here in this body. <laughs> but um, 
But one of the things that I did is I set myself up and I'm constantly reminding myself that the reason I got into this business, the reason I started my own business period mm. was for freedom. Yeah. And also to be able to live in my integrity. Yeah. I don't have to do what somebody else tells me to do when I, when right. it's not the right thing to do. So what I've done is I don't spend money. You know what I mean? And I know a lot of people want to, they want to start their own business and they want to go get a nice fancy car. And they like, you know, like, why, why buy a Ferrari when, you know, you're going to end up crying at it. If you're losing it, just drive a Toyota, you know, like, right. <laughs> it's not, Simple. you know, yeah. I've had the same car for like, I don't know, it's a 2009. I've had it since 2009. And because I'm doing that and because I'm just kind of like putting money away, like I haven't, honestly, I have not paid myself all year through this business. Right. I've made sure all my people are paid. I have not right. paid myself. Right. But the reason I was able to do that is because I have just put money away and I'm just not spending money. In right. fact, I'm selling stuff. I'm like, what can I get rid of? You know, right, right, right. <laughs> because my freedom and my ability to live in my integrity and to feel okay with who I am right. is way more important to me, way more. It just means more to me mm. than to have all the money and the things. So because of that, it doesn't matter if I make 10,000 a month, like I was making honestly last, last year. Right. It doesn't matter. Right. You know, I want to be successful, but it's not like I want to be successful. So people know who I am. Oh my gosh. I'm a total introvert. Like, don't look at me. Right, <laughs> Just right. let me be in my house by myself, you know, with my dogs. Yes. But it's the freedom of mm -hmm. just, I'm okay. And even now, like, yeah, I want to make more money. I have a mortgage to pay, which that's one thing, you know, that that's the only debt that I have is my mortgage. But it, to me, it was important, you know, because right. rents were just going up and up and up right. and you never know, like it's going to be too much. So I had right. to buy now because otherwise I was going to get stuck. But anyway, that's it. It's just the freedom of having my own schedule, the freedom of living in my integrity. Mm. So I've saved money. I've been able to live off of my savings and get the PUA from the state, thank goodness, which is not much, not right. at all, right. but it's enough to eat and feed my dogs. Right. So um, you know, and my husband didn't, he just finally was able to work on, he's working on films, unfortunately, but he was able to work a little bit. So between the two of us, neither of us spend any money. So I want to kind of dive into, cause on your guest forum, you shared about PTSD and, yes. and carrying that as someone that's navigating life, but also as a business owner. And I, it felt really important to talk about here in this space, because I feel like as business owners, we're always trying to create, but we still are human. So we have things, whether it's mental challenges, or mental challenge, I don't know if that's the right word. Hey, um, it sounds right to me. Mental challenges, <laughs> you know, diseases, things, you know, traumas that we're trying yeah. to recover from. Yeah. So I would love to kind of hear what your experience has been trying to navigate through that while creating your business. Oh yeah. Oh wow. Okay. So I will first tell you what my complex PTSD comes from so that if anybody is listening and they can relate, they might understand. Um, I was sexually abused as a child by a family member and, um, it went on and on for years. And so in that and where it applies to business is when you're a child and your body is being used and you are not allowed to say no, you learn that there are no boundaries. Yeah. You learn that people can take whatever they want. And so what ends up happening is either you keep giving it all or you shut down <laughs> completely yeah. and like, no, 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 yeah. no. 
constantly, you know, like putting up shields, you know, and I found that I kind of did both. I kind of went into the giving everybody everything. Oh, I'm a people pleaser. And I want mm-hmm. everybody to be happy with everything. I'm yours, you know, let me do yeah. anything for you. And I think even in the business that I have, it's, that's kind of the nature of people that do this. Right. I'll do anything. I'll go above and beyond. I'll clean your entire house. Hey, I'll, right. you know, before you come home, it's, you know, it's going to be perfect. You know, you do these things and because you want them to praise you like a parent, yeah. an adult. You right. know, and that's what we do is we go back to that little girl. Mm-hmm. And so I think for me that that was it. And then also going from being sexually molested, I was also I had a, a lot of drug abuse in my house growing up. Mm. And uh, my you know stepfather, it, it was just it was bad. It was a yeah. bad situation. A lot of, you know, hitting, screaming. Mm. Um, it was just it was a bad situation. So, again, it's not your body. Anybody yeah. can so anyway, so here I am as an adult. Hey, you know, I'm starting a business. Oh my gosh. And then all of a sudden it was just, and I'm not saying this bad about clients. I absolutely adore my clients, but it's the human nature to take yeah. advantage, take right. advantage, take advantage. And so first thing I did is I, I was going to therapy and I learned about neurofeedback. Mm. I don't know if you've heard of neurofeedback. I haven't. But if you have CPTSD, oh my gosh, it changed my life. Yeah. Um, it really like opened me up to just be able to have this conversation with you right now. Yeah. Like I was like shut down. Like yeah. I could not talk to people mm. and here I am. I need to meet with clients. Yeah. And it was so hard. Every time I would do it, I would need like two weeks to just be at home. Like it was, it was bad, yeah. <laughs> but I can't like, I'm a business owner. Hello. You know? So anyway, got the neurofeedback. And what I learned is being a sensitive person, I need to be able to kind of say, oh, it's the manager saying this. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if this, uh, if this makes sense, but anytime we got taken advantage of, I created a new policy. That's how to deal with it. Mm, right. And while you're healing, because, you know, if you've got, C- if you have PTSD, you're going to be dealing with this probably for the rest of your life. And right. yeah, you can get, you know, I'm telling you, neurofeedback was it for me. I mean, basically when I went to neurofeedback, they did a brain scan and said, oh, your brain looks like that of a soldier that's been in combat for mm. a very long time. Yeah. So that was healed. And so now I'm just like, wow, the world looks different to me now. Yeah. But the bottom line is you still have to figure out a way to have those boundaries. Yeah. And if it's not your skill, just create policy after policy. And then right. what you do Oh, I'm sorry. It's the policy. Yeah. Yeah. We can't do that because our policy says, you know, I mean, I wrote the policy, you know, but it's like, it's so much easier to have something in writing. Mm. And then you feel like somebody's got your back. You've got your back. You wrote that. Yeah. But it's right there in writing and every client gets it. And so Mm -hmm. all you have to do is, Oh, I'm so sorry. You know, and it's great because the girls, they're out there pet sitting and doing their things and they go out on a meet and greet and they're able to say, oh, I'm so sorry. We're not able to do that because of our policy and they're able to blame it, you know? Right. And so, because all of us, actually the whole team, we all kind of struggle with some of those things and it kind of comes with being an animal lover, you know, you do that, but but that's it. It's just writing policy that gives you boundaries. Mm. So that's how I have dealt Yeah. I really want to acknowledge you for being so open and transparent about your childhood. And, you know, this, what I just mentioned before, like we even started recording is, you know, I have a very similar background as you, molestation from a family member, trauma, drug addict parents, right? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. And, but there's, there's something I was tearing up when, when you were just sharing that, because it was like, one, it's fucking crazy how much, how often it happens on yeah, one hand. Absolutely. And there's something really, it's like being seen. 
if that makes sense. Like yep. even though we just met and just are connecting, there's something about it when we, when I hear your story where I'm like, oh God, like I totally get you or, and I feel gotten like, mm. there's that like sense of unity, you know? And, and I think that's why I kind of, you know, I didn't know that that's what the, the trauma was, but you know, I think there's something really beautiful about speaking the truth about Absolutely. how this impacts on business, because yes. You know, there's so many people that maybe they haven't been in business for 10 years and maybe they're just starting and maybe they're not, you know, years into their healing practice, but it's, they're like, I can't fucking talk to people. Like I can't do this. It doesn't feel right. And it's not necessarily because it's not meant for them. It's just because there's stuff in the way. So bringing that to the table and to the light, it's like, sometimes we think that it's I'm, I'm wrong or the business isn't meant for me, but you're like, no, you just got some shit in the way, (laughs) got some shit in the way to heal. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think everybody's got something. You know, and I think too, I think we need to think about our competition. Mm. You know, people talk about competition. I, for one, I can't stand it. I mean, even in town, I've got people that are super competitive with me and I'm like, guys, there's like 8,000 people in this town. Like 90% of people have pets. I don't, I don't want 8,000 clients. (laughs) I'm having a hard enough time with 200, you know, like that's enough, (laughs) you know, just having good clients. Like don't fight with me. Like we can talk and run things by each other because I know like everybody's got something. Right. And what's amazing is that you've got competition, but it's like, whatever drew you to that industry, that person was probably drawn by the same thing. Right. You know? Mm -hmm. And I think some of us, that's a big challenge. I mean, you got to think like logically, yeah, competition, of course, they're not going to want to be your best friend, but ultimately it's like, come on guys, like we're all on this planet for not Mm -hmm. very long as we can see. (laughs) Right. And everybody's got something. Yeah. Right. And the fact that like you have gone through what I've gone through and you want to help people Mm -hmm. is like, you know, like that's, yeah, that's big time. Receive. (laughs) And there's so many, there's so many of us doing that and it's better, a better place. If we do that, stop competing. Like my goodness, look at that woman. You don't know what she went through. Yeah. You don't know what she went through this morning before she got online to do a zoom call with you. Right. Exactly. (laughs) You know? Yeah. So anyway, that's my little, two cents on that. one you know I love how you're pointing at that you know I'm, I'm definitely a big believer in, in collaboration over competition even in the marketing industry it's like there's so many oh, marketers here yeah. right and they're in my groups and in my com- in my community and I'm like yeah sure like you know how could we collaborate because I you know I think on one hand and I don't think I've actually really thought of that how you said it where you pointed you know whatever I was drawn to the marketing aspect for or the healing aspect they were drawn maybe for the same reasons, right? So that's even like a connection piece right there. I haven't really given that much thought. So thank you for saying that. But, you know, I'm also a believer, like people choose businesses now because of who you are, right? Absolutely. So most of the time it could be the exact same services, but people are going to choose my business or another person's business because of who we are and who we're showing up as. So I love that you definitely have this, this vibe about you that, What's the most important thing is that you're in alignment and integrity with who you truly are. Absolutely. And, you know, it's, it's nice to be surrounded by people like that because, you know, I think for maybe the new generation, like for my generation of people coming into business and the business world, especially with social media, right? That's not a very typical conversation for at least hmm. people in my age, right? Yeah. 
you know, 27, it's about the hustle, the grind, make that fucking money, right? Yeah. Like <laughs> exactly. we got a success in cars and yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's nice to hear like there's like a just a grounded humbleness like yes I want wealth and abundance and it doesn't need to look like you know crazy cars and mansions you're like I just want a good house and my dogs yeah Ugh. it's true and I think that comes too with age I mean not to sound like ancient I, I kind of am but <laughs> I think it does because that's the thing is like you know like I wasn't there when I was 27. Hmm. I was hustling in the film industry. I was traveling the world, working in New Zealand. Like I was like, yeah, you know, I missed my dog. That was the worst. But then ultimately it just comes down to it. You're like, I'm tired. Yeah. You know, you get that in that place. I'm tired. Mm -hmm. What am I doing? Right. You know, so it's like, and, and we compare, but it's like, there's no comparison. Like everybody's life is different. You know, it's right. what it's about is becoming a, a, a student. Right. Always being a student, everything you're doing, watch, look at everyone, look what everybody's doing, look how people treat each other. Mm. And then asking yourself before you go to bed, what do I want? Yeah. What am I doing? What am I bringing to this world? You know? Yeah. You know, and that's the thing. And, and it's, it is, it's, I think it's a generational thing. And, and you know, those 27 year olds, y'all are just going to be <laughs> <laughs> yeah. tired as I was like, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> right. Well, and I'm yeah. well, hopefully of, not, but you know, right. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. Well, and I'm interested in kind of picking your brain about this. I haven't interviewed anyone my age yet. Mm. So it's cool to, you know, have the wisdom get passed down for myself and for the listeners here. But what are your thoughts about that? Like, you know, here you've been, you've had a business that's been successful and, and traveled through many different spaces, owning a business and, you know, having different careers, So now you're kind of at this point where, you know, it seems like you're solid in what really brings you joy and what really matters in your priorities. So for someone that's in my age range and younger that maybe are just starting their business, how can we take that kind of down to earth wisdom and start applying it to us right now? Like, how could that work? from your perspective? Well, I just think that it, it, like I said, you know, it's just ask yourself, you know, when you go to bed at night, how do I say this? Basically, there's this whole thing that people used to talk about. If you're married, like don't go to bed angry. Right. But you know, you don't have to be married for that. Right. You know what I mean? It's yourself really, ultimately. It's not even getting resolved with somebody else. It's like getting resolved in yourself. And I think that your, your wants, your needs, your desires, everything's going to change over time. It can change in six months from now. Right. You could be like on one path right now. You're like, oh, I'm doing this. And then yeah. all of a sudden you're like, oh, I don't like this. Yeah. <laughs> this is not for me anymore. Mm-hmm. I, th- I saw this other person doing this thing. I want to do what they're doing. Go with it. But just make sure before you go to bed at night, you ask yourself, am I living in my integrity? Mm-hmm. Is this who I am? Yeah. And then because, you know, so many, and I think the younger you are, the more you're still kind of caught up in those, what other people wanted. Yeah. It's very easy to think, oh, this is what my papa wanted. Yeah. My whole life was my papa always wanted me to be this person that worked in an office. And it's like, I love that he thought that of me, but oh, it's just not me. Oh my right. gosh. I was, in, I was a kid climbing trees in my bare feet. Like that's who I was. I don't want to be in a suit. Right. And it's hard. I think the younger you are, you've got to separate it. Yeah. Because sometimes you don't even know what your integrity is, but you do know what feels good and what feels bad. 
Yeah. Thank you for saying that because that was going to be my question was how do you, how do you find that integrity? And I think that you just said it so beautifully and simple. It's like, you know, what feels good and what doesn't. And, you know, I always talk about this having a choice, right. And, and sometimes, you know, I'm in places where it doesn't feel good, but I won't choose my integrity because of whatever Mm. my limiting beliefs are or circumstances. So I I love that you just said it so point blank. (laughs) Well, that's, you know, that's it. And, you know, and sometimes though you have to watch it because if it doesn't feel good, sometimes it's, it's just fear. Yeah. But that's where you have to dig a little deeper, right. you know, because sometimes you're like, if you just want to feel wonderful all the time, it's like, well, you're not going to get anything done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. You're just going to be sitting in the same spot playing video games in 20 yeah. years. Right. But fear is actually a good thing. And I remember, and I don't remember where this came from. And I, I'm sorry if I'm taking words of somebody's mouth, but this was so powerful to me. But I remember there was an interview where it was like Carly Simon and Bruce Springsteen. Mm. <laughs> and they were both talking about how they felt before they went on stage. Mm. And Carly has been known to, I'm not even like a fan, but I, this is so powerful. She was been known to have stage fright. Right. And they're like, well, how do you feel when you go, oh, my palms get sweaty. My heart starts beating fast. I'm like, it's really kind of hard to breathe. And, you know, she goes into this whole thing and she's like, but then I get up there and then I just do it. Well, Bruce Springsteen said the exact same thing, but he doesn't say that it's stage fright. To him, it's excitement. So it's the same feeling. Yeah. Your body is reacting in the same fa- feeling, but like you're naming it fear or you're naming yeah. it excitement, you know? Yeah. So I think sometimes that we do that. And when you're going to do something powerful or something that you like your desires and it doesn't feel good because it doesn't feel comforting, but the feel it, mm-hmm. you have to look at that and go, well, hold on a minute though. Is this not feeling good? Cause I shouldn't be doing it. Or is this not feeling good? Cause I'm a little scared right now. Like how, how do I walk my little child through this and get <laughs> yeah. them to feel, you know, like, Oh no, like no, this is just me being a little nervous. But sometimes when you're starting a business or you're going out to do something or go after your dreams, it's not going to be, like I said, blue skies and rainbows all the time. Right. Right. It's going to, cause you're afraid of falling. Yeah. But that's the point. Yeah. Get prepared, save your money. Don't spend your money. Don't worry. You know, failing is how people built their biggest businesses in the world. Yeah. You got to fail millions of times. People that, oh my goodness, look at um, uh, Stephen King, how many books he wrote before anything was right. published. Right. Oh my goodness. And he doesn't have to worry about it. And he's still writing and he doesn't need to. It's like, come on, you've got, you know, you're, yeah. you're there. <laughs> you're there. You made it. But he loves it. And that's mm-hmm. where we should all be, you know? Yeah. You know, it reminds me of kind of what you're saying is I, I had done this business m- mentorship and one of the coaches was saying, you know, there's this like when we make purchases and we yeah. get that like instant regret, like, oh, I don't know if I should have done that or I'm going to run right. out of money. And, you know, she was making such a great point. Sometimes that feeling is we think that it's buyer's remorse and a sign that we shouldn't have made that purchase when really it's just our ego is getting uncomfortable. Mm. And so that kind of made me think of how you were sharing your story in that. It's interesting because, you know, failure, it, it's so, it keeps coming up in like all of my conversations with coaching clients and business women, you know, it's like everybody is so scared of failing. Yeah. And and I'm kind of interested in getting your perspective on this. You know, I have a belief that like, I don't think people are actually really scared of failing. 
other than they think that they should be scared of failing because everyone keeps saying they're scared of failing. Does that make sense? It totally makes sense. And I think on my side of that, I just think it's, it's ego Mm. because generally people don't want to fail because they don't want to be seen as a failure in front of other people. Right. They have to ask themselves, what are these other people doing that are anywhere near? Mm. You know what I mean? Like the biggest critics are people that have never done it. Like music critics, they don't do music. Right. Like you go out there and try to learn how to play piano on your own from the time you're five years old and then try to criticize another. And, you know, you don't ever hear musicians criticizing each other. Right. You don't hear artists criticizing each other. You see them actually looking at other people's art and being fascinated by it. And maybe they don't like it, but they're not going to say anything. It's like, because they know what kind of work went into that art. And I think more and more of us embrace that and just stop worrying because you know what? It's like, you think you failed, but like, oh my gosh, all the work you put into whatever that was Mm -hmm. just taking you to a whole new level. Yeah. If you're really considering what the other people are thinking, they're still doing this because they're, they have time to criticize you. Right. Come on now. You're up here. Like, right. Eh, come on. You yeah. know, like other people that are hustling and doing what you want to do, they don't have time to criticize. Oh my gosh, they're too busy trying to build their dream. Right. Know? Right. So, it's yeah. so beautifully said, you know, and I love that you put that in such a clear perspective of that failure is like stepping blocks. Like that's, if anyone watches the video, they can see you do that. You know, it's like every failure is just a next step getting to whatever that dream life is or the vision. So I'm going to, I'm going to write that down in my journal. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I have failed at so many things. Oh my gosh. You know, I mean like this, you can look at my year as a failure, but in reality, it's like, it wasn't my fault though. Like I right. didn't plan this pandemic. Oh my gosh. In fact, the pet industry is like the one industry that never gets affected by, you know, right. recessions, you know, stuff like that. I, I thought I was good, you know, but you were like, proofed. Yep. Who would have ever thought in a million years we would have a pandemic hit us? Right. You know, but that's the thing. And that's my stepping block. Cause guess what? I learned how to build a website. So yeah. guess what I did? I opened up my online store. Oh, awesome. So now it's like, I have this pet care company. I know it's going to come back full blast when yeah. people are able to travel again. So I'm not worried. Yeah. You know? And I have my money saved and all the girls are okay. We're okay. Yes. But I was like, but I still like, I need to be busy. That's who I am. I need to be working with my hands and, and I need to, I need to bring money in. So I started an online business through the peaceful pup. It's like high quality pet bandanas. I did not know how to sew six months ago. And you create them. <laughs> I watched YouTube videos <laughs> and I talked to my next door neighbor who does so. And she, we couldn't see each other face to face, but we were emailing each other and talking on the phone. And between her and YouTube videos, I taught myself how to sew. I taught wow. myself how to like where to order fabric from and where to order, what types of thread to use or what kind of machine I needed. I found a used machine. Thank goodness. I had it shipped to me, everything. And I did that all in the last few months. And that's the thing. It's like, you know, you become resilient. Yeah. Every time you fail, all it's doing is building resiliency. Mm. Like, oh, you're going to you're gonna send a pandemic at me? All right. Well, let's see what I'm going to do. I'm going to just start sewing then. <laughs> yep, I'm going to start sewing. <laughs> I'm going to just do something new, you know? And, and so, yeah. And so now, and it's like, and I've got bandanas now, like my own dog bandanas that I made, like all over the world, like Australia, people are buying them. Like, wow. All, and it's so neat to think there's dogs walking around with little David Bowie bandanas on. Like, I how exciting that. is that? <laughs> yes. 
you know, so anyway, I'm just sharing that as like a, you know, you feel like you're failing or whatever. It's not a failure. You're right. Mm-hmm. It's a stepping stone. Like, cause you, everything you learned, you just take that and move it to the next one, move it. And it's going to keep changing. And oh my yeah. gosh, the algorithms and social media, everything's always changing. You just like in Taoism, don't be a tree, you know, like mm-hmm. be a, be a willow, like just bend, you yeah. know, like just bend with it, adjust, Yeah. you know, and then you'll be okay. But yeah. if you try to stay like stiff and like, this is who I'm going to be like, you're not going to be okay. You just get <laughs> right. Go with, you got to go with the flow. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Brandy, it's, you know, you very clear on how extraordinary you are. So Aww. thank you for, you know, sharing some really deep stuff that people don't like to talk about. And so thank you for being courageous and we don't know who's listening. So I know, <laughs> but I trust that <laughs> okay. of course it always comes out and it's going to impact the right people. So for our listeners, how can they stay connected or reach out to you? My website is the peacefulpup.com. It's the peacefulpup.com. If you go to the peacefulpup.com, the first page is going to show up. If you want to buy pet bandanas, you click on one button. If you want to go get pet sitting, you go on the other. Um, or you could just go to shop.thepeacefulpup.com. That also takes you just straight to the shop. We are on social media at Instagram, at the peaceful pup, or at shop.thepeacefulpup. Um, we are kind of on Facebook, but I'm really trying to move away from Facebook other yeah. than, you know, this group and some ancestry stuff. I just, yeah. um, not really big in Facebook anymore. Um, but anyway, but Instagram, yeah. I think is a great place. I'm starting the, the TikTok thing. I know I'm ancient, so I'm working on it. <laughs> I'm, I'm not, I'm 27. And I'm like, I don't know how to figure this TikTok thing out. What I've done a couple happening? TikToks. So I'm like, whoa, I did some t- Uh, (laughs) but yeah but yeah but thanks you know I really appreciate it I appreciate having this that you're creating this platform Mm. I appreciate that you're creating a community of supportive people so far even just just the people I've kind of met online I'm like wow we're supporting each other online and liking each other's posts and even that like people don't understand how big of a deal that is yeah just for somebody to like your post yes and you're putting all this energy and you know you're a social media person you put so much energy into this, even if it's just a photo or whatever, just for somebody to just, hey, it's it's free. Just like it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just touch the heart. It's not going to cost you any money. It's, right. <laughs> and that really means a lot. But just you building this great community, I think, is really setting a foundation for how business owners can be in yeah. our community, mm-hmm. that we can rely on each other, that we can help each other out, that we can give each other advice and support one another. It's, it's a really great thing. So I just want to thank you uh, for that. And thank you for having me. Oh my gosh. I yeah, feel so honored that I was able to do this today. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And I hope you have a beautiful rest of your day. You too. Thank you. <laughs>